All right. Hello. Welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. It is Sunday. I am Jason Napolitano, and I have on the line my co-host, Mr. Chris Sheridan, out in California. How are you doing, sir? I'm out here in California. You are out there in California. I'm, I'm out there. You are out there. <laughs> and in California. Actually, those are two separate things, being out yeah. there and in California. I hear, I hear that they're trying to change the world out there in California. Is that true, man? You guys trying to change the world out Golden there? Golden in their hills, California <laughs> way. Well, that was a little before the, the when they were trying to change the world in the 60s. So, but I think I don't know what they're doing either. They're doing something, but uh, you but know, the weather's God, nice. So there the you go. weather is nice. It is a paradise <laughs> there. I'll tell you what. Uh, all right. So today we are speaking on Manley Hall's pamphlet called "The Secret of the Untroubled Mind," which Chris tracked down uh, information about. It. And this was actually a, a lecture that he gave several times in several places. Right? Is that the one? It's the Secret of the Untroubled Mind. It was Dude. yeah, April fifty six, nineteen fifty six, and right. it was also published in the Horizon um, periodical right. that he put out. All right, very good. And the the version I have, and I think you're using the same one, is the the pamphlet that the PRS. Uh, Philosophical Research Society published, and it, the title of it is The Secret of the Untroubled Mind, but it actually has uh, three different lectures in it. One is um, Hunger and Fatigue as Symptoms of Psychic Pressure, uh, the other one is uh, Overcoming Futility, and then the last one is The Secret of the Untroubled Mind, and that's the one Chris and I are, are going to speak on today. Um Really, because I think, uh, you know, it's, it kind of ties in with our last Emma Fox show that we did. So check that out if you want to get some more some more information on this kind of subject. Um, but we really wanted to talk about this because obviously there, you know, we are in the midst of troubling, quote unquote, times. Um, but we want to kind of get to the root of that and to the heart of that and kind of look at some of the attitudes and ideas that we carry around within us and how that might contribute to that and so on. So we'll, we'll talk more on that in a moment. Um, but thank you for joining us. We appreciate you being here every week and we hope that you're, uh, you're getting something out of the show. Uh, if you are, please share us with your friends on social media and so on. And just, you know, good old word of mouth and let people know that they, we're here, you know, doing our show each week. Um, and if you can support us at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye, of course, if you want more information about how to uh, have a less troubled mind, um, I have a book called If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate that's available on Amazon. And Chris has a book called The Spirit in the Sky, also available on Amazon. Uh, so both of those books will help you move towards this untroubled mind uh, direction that we're going to head in. All right, so let us get into this. I'm going to start out um, with this uh, opening section of it really he really puts the um the emphasis in this discussion on the idea of of tension being one of the main problems that cause our mind to be troubled um, which cause a lot of the stresses and strains in our lives which cause a lot of the unhappiness and so on he really it does it gets down really to this idea of tension and you know, one of the things that he's pointing out, and Chris and I discussed this before we got on the phone, one of the things that he's really pointing out throughout this this talk is how, in a way, our modern life, and particularly here in the United States, 
you know, we live a lifestyle that is almost undergirded or kind of like built upon this idea of tension and stress and strife and competition to the point that we almost forget about it. It's like we're a fish swimming in the, you know, the water of the bowl that we're, that we're living in, you know, it's to such an extent that we take it for granted. It's the culture that we live in, this culture of, of tension in a lot of ways. And, you know, I thought about this and it's like, it's almost as if, you know, if you're not stressed out, worried and upset about this, that, or the other thing, or what they are doing, or what, you know, the other side or the other political party, or these people that you disagree with, or whatever, if you're not upset and, you know, railing against them, or, you know, actively involved with arguing with people all the time and making your opinion known to others, it's almost like you're thought of as being almost un-American in a way. Um, like, or that you don't care about the cause and you don't care about the issue. If you're not all fired up and it's upset about it at all times within your, you know, within yourself and, and bothering people about, you know, your, your particular point of view, it's almost as if you, you don't care. People view it, view it as, you know, you're not passionate about it. You're not down with the cause or you're not, you know, you're not doing your part if you're not constantly tense and upset about things. And I think really that's kind of one of the main points in this this whole this whole lecture, this whole uh, uh, pamphlet, actually, in, in general, uh, that Manley Hall is making, is this idea that that, that 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 this tension is the the core kind of from 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 which we live, you know. And, and he kind of points out, he talks about how. Um, where's this part, real quick? Hang on one second. It's almost like the devil that we know versus the devil that we don't know. So tension is kind of like the devil that we know. Let's call it that, right? So it, it, it's this thing that we've just become so accustomed to that we can't imagine that there's anything else. You know what I mean? And so then that underlies everything we do. And, of course, and how can we be happy in a situation like that? I mean, that you got that out of this too, right? That that idea of tension was kind of at the core of this and that, in fact, like, you know, our way of life is really kind of built on tension in a sense, isn't it? It really is. And I'm glad you pointed that out. And it's actually probably an explanation of the title because it doesn't say the secret of a serene or relaxed mind. It's the secret of the untroubled mind, which not only implies it demands that the mind be troubled in the first place. You're starting out from a troubled point of view in a troubled society that considers being troubled about things yeah. <laughs> uh, is the way to go. Yeah. So, yeah, I, th I think that's really, and maybe even more so now, you know, this is what, 50, 60 years old, um, but we're at a time now where we can um, you know, vent and a lot of what comes out on social media is vitriol and you're upset yeah. about this and we're going to change that and sign a petition. It's this, you know, and they just have to be louder or get more tweets and then mm -hmm. your mm -hmm. voice will be heard and it has to be, you know, and it's, you know, there's climate change and race things and there's the economy and a virus and, you know, there's like yeah. all these things to be troubled about that you're right. If you're not agitated, if you're not nervous, if you're not spewing some kind of, you know, high level opinionism at, 
uh, yeah. the world. Um, so you're hey, not doing you're your not part. Awake, wake you're up. not doing your part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, and, and Manly Hall was very much a person who was interested in the practicalities of life and making changes and, you know, and, and doing things that were necessary and, you know, being a citizen, a good citizen and, you know, being a participant of democracy and so on. So it's not like he's not trying to tell you to bury your head in the sand and like, you know, just try to pretend like everything's okay and bliss out in the corner. But what he's saying is like, you know, you don't have to, you can hold an opinion about something and, you know, have a belief about something and still keep an open mind and also respect the quote unquote um, enemy of your opinion uh, you know, and maybe learn something from that person, you know, and we, we talked about that before that it was, what was that great line that, um, that you quoted, um, towards the end, it was, yeah, yeah. It was, um, where was that at? It was towards the end. We was talking about philosophers, how, uh, they're not inclined to be argumentative because fortunately they can sympathize equally with both points of view. They realize that the struggle about opinions of men can differ and be sincere, that their opinions may be deplorable and their serenity or sincerity, I'm sorry, admirable. So if somebody is passionate about an opinion and you're passionate about your opinion, you may differ in opinion, but you could meet on the level with sincere, impassioned belief in your opinion. Yeah. You can respect yeah. somebody's, you know, that, wow, this is really an important issue for you. Um, I can respect that. I don't yeah. agree with your stance. Yeah. But, yeah. Because otherwise you leave everything out. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. leave maybe what, the 1% that is actually good about their opinion. Maybe there's one redeeming, um, you know, point that, that was made. And you also, uh, really, you don't leave any room for uh, dialogue or, you know, consensus or meeting in the middle yeah. or maybe changing an opinion or working with somebody to bring the best of both. Uh, when you, If you reject the person and their opinion and attack the person, uh, then there, there's no ground for anything other than more argument uh, argumentation. And, yeah, exactly. And you might be the, – the funny thing is, too, you might be arguing – on a point that really has nothing to do with the actual solution of whatever problem you're, you're quoting about, like, let's say, for example, somebody has a, uh, like you've got a, a, a certain belief about climate change. Let's just use that. It's a hot button issue. Right. So let's say that, you know, you don't believe that, you know, what we're, that, that we're contributing to climate change and that the CO2 levels are not raising the temperature level and that's not melting the polar ice cap and so on. You just think maybe that's, maybe that's, uh, you know, a natural occurrence, a natural, you know, the earth's natural occurrence or something, and we have nothing to do with it. Okay. And then another person says, you know, the opposite of that. And they think, well, in fact, here it is, and here's all this evidence and so on. But really, you know, that's, that's only part of the issue. Uh, in essence, because, of course, along with the climate change, then, of course, there's all the underlying issues of, you know, conservation and, you know, biodiversity and species um, decimation and so on that, like, for example, you know, most people would could agree and find points to say, oh, you know, look, do you want to 
you know, look at, do you want us, do you want to leave something behind for your children? Do you want them to have, you know, clean air to breathe? Do you want them to have forests to be able to go to? Do you want those forests to be, you know, living ecosystems where they can see animals in their natural habitat? Do you want, you know, the earth, you know, rain cycle, natural weather patterns, you know, you can agree on, let's say all of those things. But then you're arguing about what what caused this or what, you know, what's who's at fault or whatever, without really looking at like ways of solving the problem, which there are many ways of solving these problems. And they've seen ways to to do such, Um, you know, for many years, people have been talking about solutions. But instead of talking about solutions to anything, and again, I just use climate because it's, you know, it's a hot button issue. We're not talking about solutions. We're talking about the problems and our differences of opinion about why this is or what happened or who's at fault or or instead of going, well, okay, I don't know. I don't know the answer to what's at fault or who's at fault or what's going on, but we know we've got some kind of a problem here and we can see that, that there's an issue. So let's try to work on it together in some way that makes sense for both of us. While, you know, and while we're, we're still, we're still, finding that ground of like, you know, appreciating the sincerity and the passion behind the belief that's opposite of, of ours, let's say, but the under, but what I'm saying is like getting beyond that, the underlying issue, we probably share a lot of beliefs in them, you know? So for example, like even like with, you know, liberals and progressives and versus conservatives in politics you know, the underlying ideas that they're, that they're, that they're fighting for, like, for example, you want, you know, good education for your kids. Well, everybody wants good education for their kids. The challenge is like, how do we achieve that? And what does that mean? And things like that. So instead, but who's instead gonna of pay for it and who's going to pay for it, how are we going to pay for it? And so on, you know, the practicalities of those things. But it, what happens is we get caught up in the ideology of things instead of looking at the fundamentals that we agree on. Um, and looking at the, you know, the solutions to the, the, the underlying problems. And I think that by, by, by taking that, that point of view of like respecting sincerity of the belief, even if you don't agree with the belief in your quote unquote enemy, you know, you can, you can at least start a dialogue because there's a respect for that person's belief. And respect doesn't mean you agree with it. It means you respect their, uh, you know, their belief or their, their, their right to have a belief that's different than yours, which is, I mean, that's fundamental to what uh, the American way of life is supposed to be. We're supposed to be able to disagree and we're so, we should do those things. And that's what a good, solid, you know, democratic society is all about. You know, differences of opinion expressed in dialogues and, and so on, and even arguments, but, but arguments that go someplace and that have a, a base of respect and dialogue to them, not just screaming, you know, screaming, uh, you know, kind of, what am I trying to say here? Uh, platitudes and, you know, and, and sort of sound bites at each other from opposite ends of a spectrum. That doesn't get anybody anywhere, right? So... Well, it, what it does is it gets you agitated, gets you nervous, it gets you tense, it gets you there you go excessive in yeah. your emotion, it gets you riled up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if that's the kind of stuff you want, then go for it. But it's you know I'm not going to say there's a conspiracy towards that, but it seems as though there's a large support network <laughs> for 
the well at least the promotion of maybe the advantage the promotion yeah yeah yeah, of of tension animosity and the side and that side and some believe in oh my gosh this is terrible and oh here buy this product now cut to commercial uh, that absolutely you know it, it seems so you're right i think back to the original point about it it's kind of the ground level from which we're operating yeah um, yeah and really it's to back off from that and one of the things he talks about uh, tension being caused by excessiveness so even mm. if we just dial it back emotionally our reaction uh, our you know need to be heard uh, whatever it is we get excessive about, you could still have your mm-hmm. opinion and you can still voice yeah. your opinion and you can still disagree, but sure. maybe just pull it back a little bit. It doesn't have to be so excessive and aggressive. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, he know, talks with about anything. that. If it's, uh, you know, well, just if I had more prosperity in my life, or, well, if I just mm-hmm. had a boat or if I had, you know, more money to get through this, uh, then I'll be happy. And, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's, there, there's more excessiveness that doesn't really net you anything, uh, but more attention because now you're worried about that. And you got to keep up with yeah. the Joneses and, and do all these other things. Uh, but, you know, just the excessive, um, he talks, there's actually, I'll cross-reference another uh, lecture by Manley Hall, probably from the same time period. Uh, he said, it's better to be, um, a moderate extremist than an extreme moderate. So, yes, you can go to extremes and you can have highs and lows and uh, all this, but you do that in moderation. Mm, <laughs> or all yeah, things yeah. in moderation, including moderation. He exactly. say, he's against being an extreme moderate where you just everything <laughs> is lukewarm water. Sure. Because yeah. that's another level of excessiveness. Yeah. So exactly. it doesn't mean you can't spike, you know, a high intensity. Of a of you know emotion or mm-hmm. defense um, or belief in something, it's mm-hmm. just do that moderately. Very moderately, yeah, exactly. And and with and with that that um, that underlying you know respect for the humanity and the you know the God within of that that other person, because you know we're all we're all children of the you know the Most High, as they say. So it's like you have to have that fundamental respect, even if someone's opinion differs from yours and belief you know differs from yours, or even that person wants to do you harm. You you still have to hold in your heart, a, you know, some care for that person and love for that person that goes beyond like you know the opinion and goes beyond the ideas and so on. And I mean, you know, you can still act and defend yourself and do what you need to do and so on. But just try to, you know, keep that, that love in your heart. And I think we talked before, I think I've used this example several times in different talks, but about the samurai that, you know, wouldn't fulfill his duty and, you know, fight the assassin who killed his, his master because the assassin that he was hunting down spit in the samurai's face and angered him so that if he would have acted out of that anger and, you know, and, and went after him and, and fought him and killed him, then he would have done that. He would have done that deed out of his own ego, out of his own ego and out of his own anger and frustration at that individual instead of because it was, you know, the, the, the right thing to do in the samurai's code. Do you know what I mean? So, so that's one of those things where, but you know, that samurai had that underlying respect for that individual and respect for his, you know, for his system and his honor you know, that he came from and so on. So he's as to not disrespect that, 
you know, that, that man or, or, you know, or disrespect the honor of his, his master by doing a thing that, you know, and it's an internal thing. No one would know that he was frustrated or angry or, you know, mad at that guy because he spit in his face. No one would know, but he knew. And that's the thing where it comes, right? And that's where most of this stuff comes down to is this stuff is all an inside job in the end. You know, because most of the time people don't know what, what you're thinking or what you're feeling unless you're screaming about it. But having all these seething, angry emotions and this tension on the inside is just, you know, you walk around with that and, you know, people can sense it and they can feel it, but but it's like, you know, the really the person that you're hurting most is, is yourself, like carrying these extreme, extreme opinions around and this extreme anger and tension and hostility, you know. And, and so that but what, one thing that really stuck out for me that I that I wrote down is uh, Manley Hall pointed out that tension is tension is you usually implies a sense of insecurity. And I thought about that. Like, wow, that's deep tension implies a sense of security because if you had true security if you trusted in cosmic principles if you trusted in the underlying order of things if you trusted in in god you know you wouldn't carry around a sense of of tension because you'd know that things are unfolding as they should and you need to put yourself in order with that thing and you know that that i'm getting ahead of myself that's towards the end of the book when he starts or towards the end of this lecture that he speaks about that but um but that's an interesting it's an interesting concept it's an interesting concept because you'll see oftentimes that you know that people have a deep religious belief deep spiritual beliefs that are not you know dogmatic and 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 you know that are i go like we'll call them moderate. They're not extreme views. You know, those people tend to have a certain quiet confidence about them and a, and a lack of tension because they are, they found their life on those beliefs and they live the way that their teachers, you know, and the masters teach them instead of just, you know, getting angry at some other group about how they should be doing this or that. They, they, embody the teachings for example you know christians that truly follow the teachings of jesus are not out running around you know castigating everyone about how they're living and you know getting upset because people made this or that movie or you know getting angry at this group's beliefs versus this you know you know what i mean they're just they're they're too busy living out the words of jesus in their own life that's a different thing than someone who just claims to be a christian or you know what I'm saying, or yeah, or, any, or any religion. It's not just to pick on Christians when sure. I say that. Any religion can get dogmatic, and mm-hmm. and and opinionated, and, and opinionated. And fundamentalized, yeah. and sure, 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 radicalized, and weaponized, and any otherized you can think of. But when you're taking a more mystic approach, yeah. mysticism doesn't really allow for that. You're right because you're too busy living it. Mm-hmm. How can I be so bothered by somebody else not living? the way I think I want me to live. Yeah. I'm too busy doing that. Yeah, exactly. And I don't have to shout it out. Just, just watch me, watch what I do. Yeah. And that's that integrity that comes from inside because all this troubling of the mind really has to do with mostly outside circumstances and other people and relationships and events. And then how inwardly we feel and react 
to those uncertainties or troubling times mm-hmm. or all these people that, you know, the worst thing of all is to disagree with our opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing else will get more angry than that. Um, you know, and it's to reduce that and just shift to another way of looking at things. You know, it's yeah. like the whole, you know, you just got to put up a fight. You know, you got to fight to win. I'm fighting for you. Well, maybe it doesn't have to be a fight. He even says that, you know, he said it's comforting to realize that we do not have to fight our way through living. Yeah. There's no need to carry, carry chips on our shoulders or defend every attitude that passes through our mind. It yeah. doesn't have to be a fight. Yeah. You know, yeah. without me. And that's, you know, it's interesting you brought up, you know, the um, Sun Tzu's uh, Art of War. Uh, even in war, war, like actual war, where you're trying to kill your enemy and he's trying to kill you, you probably share more in common. You all want to live. You want to get home to see your family. Mm-hmm. You want your people to be, to be free and defended and not attacked from the outside. You know, and on some level, you want the same thing, even though you're trying to kill each other for it. Yeah, the yeah most exactly. Yeah. Of, of this conflict or this fighting. But sure, you know, it's like, how do I win this fight? It's like, well, maybe it's maybe it's, it doesn't have to be a fight. That's really mm-hmm. looking at it in a whole different way. Yeah. Looking at the struggles, yeah. maybe not being a struggle. Maybe it's a challenge. Well, maybe it's not a fight. Maybe it's just a difference of opinion and I can have mine and agree to disagree, as they say. You know, it's easy to yeah. spout those things off, but do we really live that? Do we really apply that um, to our way of life? It's you challenging. Know, even says, yeah. Um, this is kind of at the beginning. It says, mm-hmm. by degrees, we all come to the conclusion that happiness and peace of mind must be cultivated within our own nature yeah. by a direct effort of mind and will and a strong resolution supported by appropriate action. So you have to be willing to do it. You have to be resolved. This I declare. <laughs> I'm going to um, pause before reacting every time I read a news story. And then the appropriate action to back it up, that you're doing something. It's a very active thing, this untroubling. I guess it's easy to get troubled. Mm-hmm. It's maybe not so easy to get untroubled. And that's what we're kind of undoing what's been done around us and within us and yeah. with each other. You know, it's like a knot or something. It's, 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 it's really easy to get something tied up in a knot. But if you've ever <laughs> tried to mm-hmm. untangle a knot, not so easy. Yeah. And I think some of that has to do with, you know, the if you want to look at, you know, Jung's typology, you know, the, the United States is a very um, extroverted and sensation oriented sort of a place. And that means that, you know, most people are really kind of viewing life from the outside in, you know, what is going on outside and then the sensation aspect of it or the thinking aspect of it that's, you know, kind of guiding them through life, you know, generally speaking. Most typology is extroverted thinking or sensation in the U.S. Um, you know, it's it's this idea that, you know, things outside need to be moved around, fixed, changed, et cetera, That's, which is why, we, you know, we have made such progress material and materially in this country, why we build such great, you know, planes and, um, you know, we do such amazing engineering feats and have inventions of material goods and have such a high standard of living in terms of, um, you know, stuff and things and material wealth. 
uh, is because of that, you know, and so there's, you know, it's not, it's not a, a bad thing, quote unquote, but what is challenging for a, a nation like that is to recognize it's what, what it's individuals interiorly are contributing to things and how, you know, what's happening in the inner life, because most people that are extroverted, you know, view the world out there. So if I just fix this person or I fix this problem, then I will feel fine inside. And oftentimes they do because they look at the world outside as a reflection in a sense. And so it reflects back to them this sense of, of well-being when they can change people and fix people and change this and change that and build this and build that and so on. But what that does is that it, it sort of puts that responsibility uh, for the peace of mind, you know, the untroubled mind that you're trying to achieve. It puts it out there on someone else. And, you know, there's a great quote in here I wrote, I wrote down and Manley Hall says, if we have long functioned from the concept that other people are wrong and are responsible for our misery, we have become addicted to a false belief. Bad thinking is just as habit forming as alcohol or narcotics. And like the use of, and like these drugs will destroy the reasoning power of mind. So this idea that, you know, out there is the source of my problems is a very dangerous idea. And of course, many, you know, many uh, alcoholics and, and drug addicts, you know, do try to, you know, assuage the pains of the world by, you know, drugs and alcohol. You're trying to sort of, you know, solve an out an inner problem with, you know, with an outer solution, you know, that the, the, the drug or alcohol. And so addictive and of course there's other other factors involved with it as well we know but but you know it's an interesting it's it's an interesting metaphor to look at that and so you know the point is though that until you take responsibility for what's going on within yourself and that's a it's a tough thing it's a tough thing because it's much easier to look outside and go you know he's the problem or she's the problem or they're the problem and if we can just fix them or you know, this, this, this politician can put this thing in line and then I'll be happy then and everything will be okay. It's, it's much easier to put that off on someone else because you don't have to take personal responsibility. And if you live in a place that lives in this kind of tension and has this kind of outwardly motivated worldview, you know, to, to take that back, take that power back and put it inside yourself is a kind of challenging and and difficult thing. It's almost as if people look at you, well, you know, why are you just sitting there? Why aren't you upset? You know, why aren't you, why aren't you posting things on social media? What's wrong with you? Do you not care about this cause or this issue? You know, and it's like, you may care very deeply and maybe working on it, you know, in a much greater way than that person who's spewing all the nonsense on their Facebook is, but they believe that because they're yelling about it to their friends who could give a shit really what they're saying. Um, you know, they think they're doing a better job than you are, who maybe is, you know, for example, going down and working in a soup kitchen for, you know, six hours a day, volunteering your time or something. I mean, it's like, do you know what I'm saying? So you get this sort of self-righteousness of this idea of like, if I just scream about things loud enough, it looks like I'm doing my part. It's like, no, that's, that's, that's not it. You know, in fact, maybe your part is just to, Look within and see how you're contributing psychically and emotionally to things.
your little level of peace that you cultivate by having an untroubled mind will actually make a bigger difference than, you know, going out and stirring things up or even doing something about it. You know, it's quite possible. You know what I'm saying? I certainly do. And it's this being agitated. Uh, the more you fight, the other side's going to scream more loudly. And then yep. you're going to be louder than them. They're going to get a megaphone and you're going to get a speaker system. And it just more makes more in a very negative way like that. And yeah. like a dog barking at cars or something, they're never really going to catch one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it is very counterproductive. And this brings up a very uh, important thing to look at. And that is, we know somebody can walk into a room and just bring it down their attitude or you know, say somebody else can walk into a room and they're all nervous and agitated and it kind of makes everyone else tense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, somebody's just whatever their emotion is kind of a negative emotional thing. It can kind of, you know, bring everybody down or, you know, just stir it up in other people. Also you can bring peace of mind. You can bring serenity and calmness. Mm-hmm. You can bring an untroubled mind <laughs> into a room. And although it may not be as obvious, you can still have the same effect. Just as you can bring in something negative, you can actually really radiate. And it's more subtle because it's not what our eyes are trained and ears are trained to hear and see that, you know, loud and opinion and you got to be mm-hmm, mm-hmm. shouting and raising your fists in the air and everything else. Um, it doesn't look or sound like that, but it is just as powerful. You can actually bring peace, radiate peace by not contributing anymore to the argument. You know, he brings up the symbolism of the drowning man mm-hmm. who doesn't know how to swim. The natural instinct is to flap and flail and you know, fight against it and chop at the water and kick and scream. And um, that'll just make you drown all that much sooner. Mm-hmm. But if you relax, hold your breath, roll over on your back, you'll float to the surface and you're, you'll be buoyant and you won't yeah. drown. Yeah, exactly. That's a <laughs> good point. You know, it seems like we get swamped by these things that we're deluged and drowning in issues and topics and Mm. crises and breaking news and someone said this and this person did that and it's you know and what can you do well you can flail about and you know chop at the water and try to you know claw you know scream even louder than the other person but maybe it's just letting it pass you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well it's an attitude it's an attitude Mm -hmm. isn't it it doesn't mean that you don't you know, try to work to change things. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you don't sincerely care about things, but it's a certain attitude of, of, of quiet that he talks about, you know, and he said that there's, um, um, he said, having first found peace and releasing the available resources of consciousness, the most difficult problem is already partly resolved, you know, so quiet, uh, he sp- talks about meeting emergencies with a quiet uh, and deeper uh, and truer level of understanding. And so it's not that you're you're not meeting problems or you're not trying to 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 solve them. It's that you're not like you said, you're not flailing around. 
and you know causing more more harm you're you're you, there's a quiet sort of certitude and understanding within yourself and a certainty you know and he said the untroubled mind is one established in certainties certainties so there's a we're going to talk about that we're going to you know finish up the last part of this i think talking about certainties and some principles and so on uh, because that's one of the things that you know manly hall spoke about uh to a great deal is developing character, developing, you know, basing your life on, on solid principles and foundations and, you know, more, more, uh, you know, spiritual understandings of life, you know, the perennial wisdom it might be called, uh, you know, that, that, that we can, we can all tap into. And so, you know, one of the ideas uh, that he points out, and I think this is a, this is a deep one. He says, man, is actually a being living within a body, a being with dreams, hopes, and aspirations that pertain to other dimensions of time and space. His primary objective is the release of a universal potential through himself. So that's a that's a foundational belief. That's saying you're you're a divine being having a human experience and you're 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 here to learn and you've got your own dreams hopes and aspirations and you're trying to release this universal potential within yourself and so if you have that sort of a belief and principle within your own self then you think well that guy over there even though i disagree with him has the same thing you know and that that woman over there even though she's screaming in my face and opposing you know what i believe in she still has that same that same universal potential within herself. Do you know what I mean? And so that kind of can bring us together when we understand that universal potential. We see that, okay, look, there's a spiritual being within this, this, this material existence, within this skin sack, let's call it, in front of us that we see this material thing. There's something spiritual within it. There's something, something universal. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's this greater part of ourselves that we either don't realize or believe or maybe never really got to know up to this point mm -hmm. you know, that we are greater and in a more universal um, spiritual sense than just greater that, well, I'm greater than you or I can do more or I can do that. Uh, that's not what I mean by greater, but it's, it's be, being beyond the material plane. Yes, I live here and I have to eat and sleep and do all these things. Um, but there's, there's more to life than that. There's more to me than that. Again, like all these conflicts and uncertainties and tensions and stresses and, you know, fighting, you know, that's all really at a lower level. And there's some of that we have to do. Sure. You know, life can really yeah. be a struggle sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and you got to have that, you know, ability to, you know, stand up for yourself and yeah, absolutely. Uh, pull up reserves of energy to make it through another day. Um, but we're more than just solving everyday problems, you know, and yeah. if we can realize that or say, I'll give a particular example. And this is about these values and character aspects that he's talking about cultivating from within uh, and one is, say, like in doing the right thing. Uh, what if you do something, you know, you sweep the floors every day and nobody seems to notice. Or uh, if you do some, un is when no one is looking, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and you're, you're doing this, you're picking up maybe the trash on the side of the road. Instead, every day people drive by and throw more out through a window. But 
you just keep on doing it. Uh, not and, and you could choose to be agitated or aggravated. Well, no one's paying attention. No one's noticing. No one's giving me praise. No one's even acknowledging the fact of what I'm doing. And it could be things around the house too. Uh, but the thing is, you're doing the right thing because it's the right thing. Mm-hmm. That's a different way of looking at it. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to react uh, with a negative um, fight uh, every time someone uh, spouts an opinion that I disagree with. Yeah. You know, I'm going to allow them their space um, to say that, but it doesn't, I don't have to defend what I believe. If I believe it strong enough, mm-hmm. if I think this is the right thing to think and feel, and these actions are the right ones to take, um, I'll do them regardless uh, whether or not somebody recognizes or acknowledges them, or even if somebody does the exact opposite thing, 10 times stronger than I'm doing uh, mm-hmm. what I think is the right thing, it doesn't change that. Yeah. Because it's centered in you. It's centered in your core. And that's where you can have certainty. Um, if being calm in you know the face of, of great difficulty uh, is something you really want to cultivate and have, um, that's that's fine. That's going to get you through. That's going to be a lot more certain than uh, the opinionism in which side is winning, because that mm-hmm. could change in an instant. Uh, but to pull back from the conflict and to cultivate and really honor these beliefs and you know thinking and doing what is right. It's different to say. Uh, I disagree with you, I hate you, than it is to say, that's certainly not my opinion, but I respect that you have yours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a different way of going about uh, you know, any of these situations. And you can be certain about that. That is something that will cultivate certainty, is that I'm certain that now they may hate me because of my opinion. They may not do what I do. They may mm-hmm. not pick up trash on the side of the road. They may not do these you know, hundreds of thankless uh, tasks or chores. Uh, but it's not going to stop me from doing it because I'm doing it regardless. And I'll kind of end this on a, um, uh, there's a cartoon, old cartoon, a Zen kind of Buddhist cartoon. And there's a um, uh, uh, master and he's in the shrine temple and there's all these Buddhas and he's bowing. And he's bowing to this one, bowing to that one, venerating these honored statues and this young kind of nonconformist monk comes in and goes i'm tired of all this bowing i'm sick of all this bowing i spit at these statues and he spits on them and then the master looks up at him and goes okay you spit i bow so instead of getting riled up that here this guy comes and he's spitting on these things that he's cherishing Mm. you you spit i bow it didn't change his, you know, it didn't disrupt his reverence. Yeah. Because uproot. he's got that. Yeah. Even if somebody spits on it, I like this. Even if somebody yeah. hates my music, well, I like it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's, there's a, a certainty a, in that. There's certainty in that. Yeah, exactly. That's a great, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. All right. I'm going to, since we're kind of wrapping it up, I think here at the end, um, I'm going to share some of, some of Manly Hall's words 
that he kind of ends the ends the book with. Um, do you want to read a bit of this as well? I'm going to start on uh, it's at the last 31, and then we'll go into maybe the 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 last paragraph as well. Maybe we can split that up or something. Uh, so I'll start at the top of 31. He says to convoke. Wow, excuse me. To cultivate the untroubled mind. Therefore, you must not be troubled by other minds and at the same time not permit your own to be troublesome. Build your code of conduct upon these eternal values which can never fail. Seek for good and cooperate with it. And if you should observe that which is not good, remain true to your own principles, which is what you're just saying in that story. You need not attack others. Nor is it necessary that you be over-influenced by them. If your, your own vision is not obscured, you can see through persons and things and not only keep your faith, but build it more securely every day. So then I'm going to start at the bottom and then I'll let you take over. So this is the last paragraph of, of the book. Uh, in a strange and wonderful way, a kindly wisdom strengthens faith and causes the inner life of man to shine brightly. When the understanding person looks into himself, he does not face a bleak mystery, but rather experiences the presence of an inner radiance. Do you want to take it up at He Seeks? Okay, uh, sure. He seeks and finds true leadership in the divine source of his own nature. He can then never again be alone or discouraged, nor can he be unreasonably demanding. Real growth brings no terrors, doubts, insecurities, or fears. There is only a decrease of tensions accompanied by a definite increase of well-being. Following this path, each person in the fullness of time attains the untroubled mind and soul. The real problem is for each one of us to decide whether we wish to continue an uncertain existence or to live and think courageously so that we can attain certainties founded upon eternal principles. This is really not a great and solemn decision, but a simple willingness to accept life as a constructive program of growth by which we gradually unfold and strengthen those powers and faculties always available. Amen. Time's up. Yeah. Amen. So I don't want to add my two cents to that. And I don't, uh, I don't know that you, unless you want to, do anything uh, or have anything else to say? I think well, we the can secret's out now. The secret's out. The untroubled mind, exactly. I just like that one line it goes, about not being troubled by the minds of other people yeah. and not being troubled by your own as well. Yeah. So. Well, not being troublesome also to being other troublesome. people. Being right? troublesome. Yeah. 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 So, so keep that in mind. It's your mind. It's your way. mind. Yeah. Exactly. Good call. And so you know, really the, the, the big lesson in this thing is to, you know, to, to own, own your, your stuff within, uh, see what's, see what's your part in things and, you know, hold fast to those principles and beliefs and, 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 you know, live in a, live in a state that's not, you know, cultivating tension and is not, you know, contributing to the overall tension and, and discomfort and frustration of others, you know, as best you can try to pull yourself out of that, that, you know, cause there, it's sort of a force that kind of pulls us, pulls us in. So, you know, if you recognize it and see it and, you know, put that unshakable faith in your own inner convictions, you know, you can escape from that. So thank you, Mr. Manley Hall. And by the way, we are a day after, 
uh, the day uh, Mr. Hall passed away, which was yesterday on the 29th. So wherever he is, we know he's his words and his, his, uh, his energy and certainly his wisdom is still alive and still with us today. And we thank him and we appreciate his work. Uh, as I know you guys do who are listening, as I know you do well, this as is, well, Chris. Uh, I do. Well, in a way, this is the work. He Indeed. talked several times about the work of the PRS and his work and his mission uh, extending far beyond his reach. And it's not about worshiping or <laughs> a shrine to Manly Hall, um, but through him, uh, these eternal values and principles that he talks about uh, need to continually to be revealed and discussed and, as he said, ensouled in your life. Absolutely. Uh, so check this, uh, check this pamphlet out if you can get a hold of it, The Secret of the Untroubled Mind by Manly P. Hall. Uh, thank you for joining us this week. We appreciate you guys. Uh, we are here each Sunday with a new show. We also have our Emmett Fox Friday shows on, uh, on Friday. That's a great place for him for an Emmett Fox Friday mm-hmm. show. Right. So well, well chosen. Yeah. Well chosen day for an Fox What a coincidence. What a coincidence. Yeah. Indeed. So thank you for joining us. Uh, please, uh, as we said, share us with your friends. Help us to get these uh, positive messages out there um, and share this this uh, this wisdom. And if you can, please support us at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye. I am Jason Napolitano, the author of If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. And Chris is the author of The Spirit in the Sky. And it is our pleasure to be here each week to share this information with you. So please join us each week. Um, You can check us out at CosmicEye.org as well or at ChrisSheridan.com. Thanks again. Have a wonderful week. Have an untroubled mind uh, and a great week. Goodbye and God bless.